Legends once told of a podcast lost now in the sea of time. These ancient recordings spoke of games and the arcane art of HTML5. Today, Jeff Blair and Matt Hackett bring these words back to life. It is lost cast, and may your ears receive it. Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 68. I am Matt Hackett. And I'm Jeff Blair. That was take two, so I tried something a little different than my typical welcome. Yeah. So You don't usually uh, need a second take, but... Not usually. Maybe I'll even edit it so I do use the first one. I think the first one was a little better. Um, so what are we talking about today? Uh, thanks for listening, first of all. We're going to talk a little bit about... Um, we recently discussed having possibly a weekly schedule uh, just for like what we're working on because um, it's been kind of free form lately. You know, it's like, what is Lost Decade working on? And we're like, you know, we have these projects and stuff, but it's uh, kind of trying to move towards like making ourselves more disciplined when it comes to just making sure we're pushing forward on several fronts every week. Yeah, yeah. Um so on that note, we're also going to talk about uh, something that came out of that that I like to call Tweencast, which is like a lost cast remix on YouTube. It's it's really stupid. Uh, we're going to talk about Jin. Sounds super interesting. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, Jin is our uh, internal game engine, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I think that's it, really. We have these three topics, but there's a lot to discuss. Um so what was I doing? I think I I got back from GDC and stuff, and it's sometimes just kind of hard to get back on the rails, you know. So I was uh, just kind of looking at high high level stuff, like you know where are we going to be in in number of months, and I like to do this a lot. I'll, I'll get a blank sheet of graph paper, and I just write down the projects that are on our plates right now, you know. And, it's interesting um, uh, because. Asana is really good at lots of stuff, especially uh, like tracking discrete tasks. Right. But I think you make a good point about like the high level stuff. It's hard sometimes to keep that in mind. Like, I don't know how you do that in Asana exactly. You'd make a ticket for think about high level goals. Like, I don't know. So I used to do is I used to have this wall. I still have this wall behind my desk and I had these big like kind of oversized post-it notes and I would write down like just like kind of a one or two word description of the major tasks that yeah. was going on with LG. I, I, I remember paste them on the wall. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, back when we were both living in uh, Northern California. It was like the the brown um, like corkboard. Is that the yeah. one? Man, I remember. Well, eventually, <laughs> I just ditched the the corkboard and I just did like sticky notes just directly on the wall. Yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of oh, scrum yeah. style, those, I guess. Uh, I got those medieval style. the medieval weapon pin cushion or oh pen, yeah, those pins. are cool. um yeah i remember that because we were there one day and we were talking about like high level you know business and goals type stuff we had a lot of post-it notes i remember it was like there was this little leg going out you know where it was like one two three four like four post-it notes going out from just extending one i was like we have too much (laughs) going on uh well, I was trying like to organize it too, like with the uh, like the next three months in a row, you know, so it'd be like this month, next month, the month after that. And yeah. it's like, here's all the stuff that's going on in this month, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started to look at high level stuff. I wrote down um, the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, the work week, right? Um, <laughs> realistically, we work on week, uh, a lot of crap on the weekends, but uh, you shouldn't uh schedule that (laughs) you know like if it if that's like should be seen as bonus time i guess um so yeah i started looking at like you know where where does the time get spent you know and uh right now we've got this contract game that we need to finish because we're running out of money and we're almost there like the game is it's coming along you know yep um we got to keep pressure on that and we kind of had this mindset recently where we were like, okay, we're going to be full-time on this game and just, you know, crunch on it until it's done. And that's, I don't know, that, you can do that sometimes, and that might make a lot of sense for one, you know, given situation. But for us, it doesn't make a lot of sense. For one, um, it's not what we want to do, so we're going to resist it a lot. <laughs> and, like, uh, that comes from, you know, being very low-paid, independent game developers like if we were you know still working at 
a web company X and making six figure salaries, like uh, the salary itself was a very big motivator for just sucking it up and getting it done. You know, like I spent years and years working on stuff I didn't necessarily want to. Uh, but right. that kind of goes away when you're, when you're getting paid peanuts and like the real motivator for you is your creative freedom. Um, but in that being said, we're still like responsible and we, and we know we need to pay bills and that kind of stuff. So it's really just a matter of splitting time. I think that probably came from me. I tend to be very extreme. So I was probably like, let's just do nothing. but Oh, I almost said the name of the game. Probably edit that out. <laughs> let's do nothing but this game until it's done. Uh, another thing is like uh, a wizard's lizard is kind of this living, breathing game. You know, it, it didn't turn out to be this game that we just launched and we're like, there it is. We released it to the world and we're completely done with it. Like it's something now that we want to spend a lot more time on. So it needs to be like part of the conversation, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, we also don't want to lose any kind of momentum on the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, we were updating often, like every screenshot Saturday, like for months and months there, we had weekly builds with, you know, lots of updates every single week. And, and that's, we had this little fire burning and we let it uh, not distinguish or, uh, we, we, we let it, we, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we shouldn't have done that. I feel like, um, so anyway, I started to write down like, what would I want my week to be like? Um, and I noticed Tuesdays are kind of a special day because it's Lost Cast Day. Which is funny because it used to be Monday. Yeah. Uh, I think we we both kind of were like, I don't know, Mondays... We, did we talk about this recently on Lost Cast or was it just me and you where I was talking about like Mondays a lot of times you just need to kind of realize that it's not going to be a productive day. Just let it happen. Right. You know? Like, well, it's like you a can, lot of catch up on email and yeah whatever yeah like you need to get back on the rails you know like maybe you spent all weekend working and you just need a break maybe you were gone all weekend and you need a day to get back on the rails you know um i was telling that to my wife recently i was like we were talking about we like we like to talk about our weeks on sunday like hey what do you have planned for this week and what's going on and i was telling her like my plans for tomorrow is email and nothing else and she was like do you really have eight hours of email and i'm like no not eight hours of email but i have hours and hours of email but either way i'm not I'm not going to try to push it you know because I, I know from experience that sometimes mondays are just kind of a wash <laughs> you know the funny thing about email especially for me is that like what i think is hours and hours of email is really like an hour or less of email if you're just going to sit down and get it done but there's a lot to it like especially with some of these like business related emails there's a lot like you and i might have a 30 minute conversation and the actual process of opening the email and typing it out and hitting send takes five minutes. Right. You know, I mean, if, if the email is just something like, oh, hey, uh, you're just responding to something like, yes, <laughs> do that thing. Or like, you know, thanks for the note. Like sometimes it's very simple, but. That's usually I, not. I feel like most email that we get is like requires significant amount of cognitive. Exactly. Effort. Yeah. And that, that's what that's. I've noticed that, you know, like I'll, I'll respond to like two emails and then I'll read one. And a lot of times I need to digest for at least a day, you know, like someone will ask a question and it's like tactical and I'll be like, Hmm, I need to think about that, you know? And whenever I shoot from the hip and I just respond immediately, it's almost always garbage. And like, it'll just pop in my head later, like an hour or two <laughs> later. And I'm like, ah, crap, I should have mentioned X or something. Anyway, <laughs> lost Anyways. cast everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I noticed that Tuesday was this special day. Uh, so we actually used to record the podcast on Mondays, like we were talking about. But um, getting work done, like we were just discussing, can be hard on a Monday. So um, we decided just to do it on Tuesdays. Uh, it just feels more natural, and it's been working great. And we've been, you know, posting the podcast every Tuesday. And I think you for posted you, it on it Tuesday like, anyway. So what would happen is, is that we would oftentimes delay it till Tuesday anyway. We'd be like, oh, we're not in the mood or we're too busy or something so let's do it tomorrow anyway yeah that's true like uh even if we recorded on monday sometimes i, I wouldn't edit it and post it um until the next day like i don't know there's just a lot of that kind of stuff yeah so lost cast for you probably takes like a, a hour or up to maybe up to two hour chunk out of your day which um, it's a grueling know, hour though huh <laughs> i said it's a grueling hour a grueling hour of torture yes um 
so we know that like that can have an impact on your work day, you know? Uh, and for me, it's much more so. It ends up being more about like a half day. And what I've noticed is that I don't really get much else done on Tuesdays because, you know, we, send, we spend like 15, 30 minutes in setup. We record for an hour or two sometimes. And then for me, I need to edit it just a little bit. I don't, I don't extreme it anymore like I used to. But, and then I have to upload it and, you know, it's just a lot of process. And I've noticed that it takes uh, a toll on the whole day. So I was thinking about just kind of going with that flow and being like, you know what? Tuesday is just all about that kind of thing. It's all about Lost Cast. It's all about like, you know, if there's a blog I've been meaning to write or we should be really active on Twitter or like, um, I think I'm going to try to start making YouTube videos. Like I work on it on Tuesday and post it on Wednesday. That kind of a thing. Nice. Um, and that came from the schedule where it was like, Monday is for, I mean, it's kind of arbitrary, but Monday is for a wizard's lizard. Tuesday is for lost cast and promotional efforts and stuff. And then being responsible, Wednesday, Thursday was work, 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 work. And at first, the, like, I kind of iterated on the schedule, like over, over a weekend. I would kind of look at it and play with it in my mind and stuff. And uh, at first, it was a wizard's lizard promotion, work, 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 right? Right. And then I was thinking about uh, the reality of the situation. It would be great if, you know, we were, I don't know, making a bunch of money and we could do whatever we wanted and maybe even we had people working with us or whatever, but like that's someday. And the current reality is that we need to cope, you know, like we need to look at ourselves sometimes as employees and we are very low paid employees. So like we need some perks. (laughs) And I was like, Friday should be a flex day. I like I as a business person I'm like ugh like I loathe to do it <laughs> you know but You're the like, reality this is cutting is that, into our bottom line <laughs> exactly I'm like <laughs> ah, these people need to be producing money or, or what good are they to us that kind these of these people these you know, people, us these employees of ours <laughs> but the reality is that like we have sucky jobs in a lot of ways we have zero perks we have low salaries and like zero recognition you know like dude we uh, have the best perk of all. Yeah, which is I, 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 com- complete freedom. Yeah, I mean, not having a boss is is what it is, you know. But that's like that's a different side, uh, like separate from the employee. I kind of feel in us right. sometimes. Like, I mean, that that's our driving force, the like creative freedom, you know. But we still need to like appease ourselves. Um, but anyway, well, like Friday being a flex day, I think is something that like I've even seen companies offer that have like we have competitive salaries and we pay for all of your insurance and we'll get your children married and get you all horses you can ride on into the, <laughs> the sunset. <laughs> you know, you read about that, like Google, you know, where they're like, right. every everything's free. We'll do your laundry. The CEO rubs your back while you write code. You know, like all those great perks and stuff. <laughs> that sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> I've even seen uh, companies like that uh, offer fridays off or like you know google claimed it had that 20 percent time because really that's what it is 20 percent is one work day a week because there's five work days not just a perk though like i kind of see it as a a advantageous business move too because maybe not at google scale perhaps um i mean it's nice that they do it and i'm sure there's some good that comes out of it here and there um but especially at our scale uh, when you're working really hard and kind of doing things that make you money, it's really easy to kind of get into this like loop, right? Where you're like, here's what we do here. We'll do it week in, week out, you know, but it's hard to kind of break that cycle sometimes and like try different things for your business or yeah. work on things that may not be immediately beneficial, but will be later, you know? Yeah, like uh, trying different ways to scale your business, or you know, not have to work as much. You know, like experimenting know, with automation or, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that like so. So Friday being flex day, uh, the perk side is that like if you want to, you can take that day off. You know, just don't do anything or go on a like a long weekend or play some games or something. But <laughs> you and I, being kind of workaholics and caring very much about pushing our business forward and stuff like the reality is that we're probably going to work on whatever's scratching our itch that week. And I think that you and I, um, need that 
Because like, if we don't actually work that into the schedule, then the other areas are going to suffer. And it's almost like a reward. Like we were just talking yesterday, just on uh, Gchat and stuff about how like, uh, it's really hard to stop yourself from working on side projects. Um, well, it's like, it's going to happen. And <laughs> yeah. with this way, we're kind of acknowledging that it's going to happen and we're giving ourselves the freedom to do it and setting right. aside some time to do it because you're right. Like what ends up happening otherwise is like, if I have a week's worth of work that I don't particularly feel like doing, I'm going to go do something else anyway, because yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, exactly. Um, you were working on like a little shooter prototype the other day and I was working on, um, uh, I wrote this Raycaster, which I, I don't know why I like recasting engines so much, you know, like doom and Wolfenstein back in the day. I just find that technology so interesting because it's like, it's the wrong technology. You know, you shouldn't <laughs> use a 2d <laughs> renderer to, render a 3d world but anyway i was i wrote one forever ago and i was working on porting it into gen but i was only doing it for like 20 minutes and i was like matt stupid (laughs) you know i was like stop it stop Um, it matt stop it that could be a friday thing like if i want but uh it helps focus the week you know it does so i I took that to heart last friday and i spent all of friday working on uh, like automated polygonal rendering engine oh yeah i saw that you posted some uh screenshots on tumblr and twitter and facebook yep that's cool uh so you can draw like stars or basically um polygon with n number of points right yeah there's like two basic classes i guess there's one that's a regular polygon that's just you give it a number of sides and it draws a polygon with that number of sides so it could be you know if you say three it's a triangle if you say you know five six seven eight whatever and the close, like you know, the higher number of sides, the more it starts to look like a circle. But um, right, yeah. Hmm. And then uh, there's also a, a star polygon, which is kind of the same thing, except for uh, instead of number of sides, it's called number of points, and it's similar-ish, except for every other point, you know, it, it dips down, so right. it creates kind of a star effect. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it was actually, uh, once I kind of got around to like, I, I tried a couple approaches to that polygonal thing. Maybe I'll talk about that later, but uh, it's, it's really, it was really easy. Nice. Uh, the nice thing about that too is that it's uh, it's now part of Gen. Because like, um, I mean, I guess that's kind of where I was seeing the, the Raycaster is like, now it's just something that Gen can do. It can have a Raycasting engine, but that's it's like a way slipperier, slipperier slope. You know, like that, I could easily spend a month on a raycasting engine if I really wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a, not a great thing to sink my time in. The um, shape stuff is actually, uh, I, I think, it's going to be beneficial. Yeah, it has a lot of applications like uh, uh, Chrome for user interface. If you want to draw like a little box around something to make it look clickable or whatever. Oh yeah, that was the other thing I did. I really took a pass at some of that stuff. Like uh, we had this class called the Chrome View. Right. Um, and I just, what I did is I ended up just making a generic rectangle class and right. it could be, have border radius. It could have a stroke. It has a fill. Um, and so like that also applies to all these shapes too. Like the stars and the polygons can also have strokes and fills or not. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really, it's and very ask you, reasonable. D- does it buffer itself? It does. I thought it would. Well done, Blair. Thank you. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Jin. Uh, it came up on the forum. Uh, if you haven't joined our forum, go do it. It's got some awesome comics there I'll talk about later. Uh, lots of great activity there. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. Uh, so on our forum, someone, I think it was uh, Josue made a thread about Lost Cast, um, uh, like he likes to do, with lots of feedback, which is always awesome to read and much appreciated. He told and, us not uh, to talk about Jin anymore. Yeah, I know, but too bad. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. But no, I had a note about it, actually. Um, the way I want you to think about Jen when you're listening to Lost Cast is just whatever your engine is. It works pretty well. Think about, like, we, we did it in Jen. Engine. Just whatever your tool set is, you know? Like, because we have our tool set, and it's going to be changing a lot. Like, you, you would bulldoze a ton of stuff over this weekend, you know? Oh, yeah. And we're just going to continue to do that, and we're probably not going to open source it at least anytime soon. And this is the thing that really concerns me. I just don't want people to wait. You know, I was reading—I um, don't know how to pronounce his name—but Tommy from uh, Team Meat, 
uh, he's got this great, like, how do you get started making games um, article on Gama Sutra. He posted forever ago. And uh, he has that comment in there where it's like, you know, I've got my tool set. And he's got something weird where, like, uh, he takes Flash movies and, and basically imports them into, like, somehow reads them in C++. And it sounds crazy. But everybody's tool set is crazy, you know? Right. Unless you're just using something right out of the box like Unity, like... <laughs> Your toolkit's going to be riddled with your own tools and your own stuff going on, and it doesn't matter. Everybody uses different stuff to make games. And even if you're using Unity, a lot of people have like, oh, you know, I have this library of Unity functions that I wrote that exactly. do all these little whatever things for me. Like, I, I haven't u- used Unity, but I can guarantee you that one person's Unity environment is going to be a lot different than someone else's. And, I mean, it, it's not even just Unity. It's like across the computer. Like, Let's say we start using Unity someday. I'm still going to have my own tools, my own scripts, my and they're not going to have anything to do with Unity, you know? Some will be in Node, some will be some old PHP script I wrote to convert, you know, MP3s to OGs or, like, downsample pings or, or whatever. You're going to have just tons of your own stink all over your environment. Um, someone was saying, like, uh, they were actually digging through the code to retreat to the Jeep, um, and kind of figuring out gen that way. And that's, that's fine. I mean, just nothing we can do about it. We don't mind it. Um, I wouldn't even mind, like just some people are saying they just kind of want to read the code just to learn how we did whatever in gen, just to see what you're talking about. And at that point I start to be like, okay, I I can, like, that's a pretty like reasonable request. Like, Hey, I just want to read your code. Like, I don't want to use it. I just want to know what you're talking about (laughs) on your podcast. Like, okay, that, that sounds pretty reasonable, but like, I start thinking about like we could throw it up in a repo or something, but I'd rather just like send a zip to somebody or something, you know, because like I almost feel like it's damaging. If somebody finds gin, let's say on GitHub and they want to start using it. I think that that's aggressively bad because there's phaser, right? There's phaser IO run by rich Davy of photon storm. Who's been on this podcast. Uh, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and, he just made a blog post recently about how Phaser is moving towards uh, offering premium support. And that's major, you know? Like, if you need support on this, there are people there. And we're never <laughs> we're never going to give that to you. <laughs> that we will never happen. on the repo. <laughs> we won't support you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, that would ha- I'm not kidding. That We would have to say that because we, have, we don't want to go down that road. Like, Rich... Right. Rich is doing it. He has an engine and he wants you to use it. There's a ton of people already using it. And if you really need to, you can put money towards like getting features in it, getting stuff fixed, just getting help on how to use it, you know? And we're never, ever, ever going to offer you that with our tools. So our tools are just terrible. There's, there's better stuff out there. I would yeah. much rather people use something else. And that's what I came to the conclusion. Like we're not going to stop talking about our tool set. We're not going to stop talking about Jen. If we ever move to Unity, we're going to start talking about Unity, but we're also going to have our own little scripts and tools that we use that we're not going to be open sourcing every damn one, you know? Right. <laughs> we're just going to be using them and talking about them. I would like to, like, put it out there, though, just for learning purposes. I, I know that, you know, obviously there'll be a lot of caveats about, like, we're not going to support it and don't use it, and here's a list of things you should be using. <laughs> he's, he's like, please tape over it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh... I feel like it's in the spirit of the web to kind of give back to this kind of stuff. Cause like, yeah, the way that I learned to do all these things we've done in gin is by, well, not even in gin, like the way that, that, that I've learned, learned programming over the years is by looking at other people's code. Yeah. You and I both were, we weren't talking about this. Oh, I guess when I was, when I was up there, uh, last week or whatever, we were talking about, uh, Q basic like we do and how, uh, we both <laughs> like kind of cut our teeth on gorilla and the other open source uh, QBasic games that were around, like there was this one I think just called Balloon, which did lots of fancy stuff. And I thought it was it was over my head, but it like it was very inspiring and pu- pushed me in the right direction and stuff, you know. Right. Um, and I do kind of feel bad if people are like, "Look, I just want to read it for, like for educational purposes." Like you've been talking about it for hours on your show. Like the least you can do is let me look at it, you know. Um, and I yeah yeah I I see that point and uh, I I think that's fair. Yep. Well, anyways, I would, uh, I don't know, maybe in the next couple of months, I would like to push it out there. Not that we maybe. will. I'm just saying that that's my, my But opinion. here's, here's, here's my, uh, caveats. One, don't wait for us. 
if you want to start making games, there's just hundreds of options out there, and a lot of them are great, and a lot of them really want you. They want people making games on their platforms. We we don't want you to use Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we oversource it, you're best off just examining it. (laughs) Like, like it's some like dead thing in a bottle in a museum. It's like, it's like, you know, covered in formaldehyde and somehow we zap it full of life. But like, don't wait for it. Start today if you want to. And uh, yeah, someday you'll be able to look at it closer if you want. Maybe. (laughs) Um, Words of inspiration from Matt Hankett. That's about all I have, but I just want you moving forward. Just just listen to the show. When you think Jen, just think whatever your tool set is, man. If that's Game Maker, that's great. Just think about it as pertains to Game Maker. Well, no, no framework is a silver bullet, right? Right. Like you should never, no matter if it's Jen or or Unity or whatever. Like, if you want to make games, you should just make games. Do using was, what you know. Yeah, that was something else uh, Tommy wrote in that article. Was like people seem to think there's some magical game-making machine you can purchase. And uh, actually, somebody in the forum, this is in a separate thread. Yeah, this was in the Introduce Yourself thread. Uh, somebody was talking about how like um, they looked at you know five different platforms or whatever with for games and even dropped money on a bunch, like Torque 3D and uh, maybe I saw Unity on there or whatever. But I remember being in that boat, you know, like back when I was, um, I, where was I, high school or something, I didn't know how to make games. There was no, like, <laughs> internet barely existed, you know. Um, and I bought Borderlands C++ compiler for 50 bucks at a at the, uh, what was that? Anyway, the local bookstore, like a college bookstore. And it was awful, and I barely understood how to use it. <laughs> and I made, like, the most unplayable crappy game you can imagine. <laughs> Uh, I think I actually purchased purchased a license for Torque 3D back, you know, many years ago. That does sound familiar. It's like my my memory of it is distant, you know? Like, I remember that back in my full sale days where I was like, I was probably 18 or 17 or 18, and I was like, I'm going to go to college at Full Sail University and get a game degree and a movie degree and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember seeing Torque 3D and like, hey, is that a game-making machine? Can I buy one? <laughs> I like how 18-year-old Matt hadn't gone through puberty yet. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> hadn't dropped yet. <laughs> Late bloomer. I just like making fun of past Matt, I think. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah, don't we all? Yes. Uh, I don't know how I did this. Uh, we skipped right past Tweencast. Which oh, is we a, did. Yeah. So, I know we were we were just talking about side projects and how they can be distracting and stuff, but um, I think moving forward, my defense will be, it was Friday. That's right. I can, I can sometimes work on side projects on Friday. And then it'll be, oh, it was Thursday. And then, oh, it was Wednesday. Oh, oh it was, it was a day that ends in Y. Yeah, that might be a fatal flaw in this whole schedule thing, is I usually don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> At least... Uh, that's, I guess that's not true. For, I guess there's like, there's really two kind you of You at least like, have to double check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. There, there's really two days in my life. There's weekday and weekend. There's and the only week- reason there's a distinction is because your wife goes to because work on my, the weekdays. Yeah, yeah, my wife. I'm like, where's my wife? And some, sometimes I... <laughs> this is pretty revealing. Sometimes I don't even remember if she's here or not. <laughs> I'll seriously be like, you know, working or reading or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I should tell uh, Andrea. Wait, wait, is she here? And uh, it's fun to be like, wait, let me think. I really don't know. I got to think about this. No, no, she left. That's right. She kissed me. You're like, wait, wait, what day of the week is it? I don't know. <laughs> it happens, man. But yeah, it's pretty much just weekdays when Andrea's gone during the day and weekend is she's not. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so on the schedule, I was looking at Tuesdays. And I was um, going with the flow. I know that Tuesday is going to be a day where I got to work on Lost Cast a lot. And I should just kind of have my brain in that bucket. <laughs> the promotion bucket. <laughs> the audio bucket. Um, the video bucket. Like, uh, I don't know why I'm continuing with the bucket. <laughs> I don't know but, either. But basically, like, we, we know that uh, we need to push harder on YouTube because that seems to be where all the gamers are these days. And um, I was thinking about Lost Cast as a considerable investment. I don't think it would make the cut if we didn't already have so much, like, invested in it, you know? 68 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. If we were starting today, if I was like, <laughs> here, 
Here we go again. This is only 2012, Matt, by the way, but... <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Jeff, let's start a podcast. <laughs> wow, just two years ago, I apparently hadn't hit puberty. Yes. Maybe, uh... Hey, this is what you <laughs> sound like when we first started working together, and it was really annoying. <laughs> How do you tolerate that? I don't, I don't even know. Hey, you want to come work at Raptor with me? And you're like, ugh, I have to talk like, to that guy every day. Do I have to listen to you talk? You're going to get All puberty day? in the next two years? Uh, anyway, I don't think it would make the cut right now. You know what I mean? I'd be like, you know, you look at it from a business perspective and I'd be like, what is that? Okay, it takes two, it takes like six hours a week overall. Like, like cut it. <laughs> for, for really nebulous gain is the thing too. I was actually... Um, looking around i was trying to do some research on lost cast i was trying to like examine it from the outside you know because part of like part of it before was like um i would really just try to bang out lost cast as soon as i could because it was like it's a task i had to do on tuesday that would interrupt work and changing like like tuesday now being promotion day that really changes the way i think about it now i look at lost cast as i think it's it's worth continuing you know i think that people other than us would be sad if it stopped and that's good. And I know that we invest time in it every week. So I'm like, how do we make it more? You know, how do we make more out of Lost Cast than, than even what's there? How do we spend um, more time during our week doing Lost Cast related work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's what you mean to say. <laughs> I guess that's sort of part of it. Because if it's like, if I'm going to spend all day on promotion stuff, like I should be doing something. I should be trying to promote Lost Cast more or, yeah, like I was saying, make some YouTube videos. Um, so on that note, I was thinking about Lost Cast and I was thinking about like, maybe there's something with HTML5 that I could do. Ooh, you know, maybe I could, I could hack it. What is this uh, HTML5 you speak of? What is, what is that? Is that the codes? And so I was uh, looking at the audio. I was thinking about that. Um, so here's what I did. I made a uh, really stupid puppet show. I made a video where on the left is me and this terrible drawing and I open my mouth and I go rah, 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 and I talk whenever it's my voice like is going. South Park Canadian style head flapping. Yeah, exactly. And you're on the right and in the middle it says Lost Cast. And uh, here's how I did it. Um, so I first I start in Log- Logic where I record the podcast and normally I just export the podcast and I've got my one file, bada bing, bada boom, you're done, right? So I'm telling you this because I want to walk through like how <laughs> how freaking time consuming this stupid thing was <laughs> for such a little payoff. Um, the first thing I had to do was export it three times because there's the music channel, like the introduction and the outro and that kind of stuff. There's the Matt channel and there's the Jeff channel and there's potentially many more channels if we're doing an interview or whatever. Um <clears throat> So that takes a while because logic is slow and the podcast is long. So it's like, I'd say to export, it takes like three to five minutes. I don't know. So triple that. <laughs> Lots of waiting around for that. Um, so then the next step was kind of tricky. So I've got this, I, I made it in gen. Uh, I made this weird thing that takes audio files and exam, like it, it examines them. Um, first, I, did, I tried doing it all in Web Audio API, which was a bad idea because if you tried to load uh apparently even just a 30 megabyte was it 30 meg anyway you try to load a large file through uh xml http request and chrome kind of explodes doesn't really like that (laughs) oh really (laughs) so uh, the way you should use it is you create an audio object so i made a little audio object and i loaded them and then with web with web audio api you can kind of latch on to that audio stream and read data and stuff Right. So it's actually interesting because the, the audio tag is kind of like, this is what it's for, right? Yeah. It's for playing something like a podcast or a music file or kind of yeah. like embedded media, so to speak. Yeah. I got to say, I, I kept like, I was looking for barriers. I was, I was really looking hard for things that would stop me from doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty revealing. Uh, but that was the first one. And I was like, oh, you can't load giant audio files through web audio apis isn't going to work and then i was like that's stupid why am i why am i using web audio api they should be audio objects so i tried that and it works like a charm and i was like dang it (laughs) so so i continued dang it um so but basically there's just little uh, gen application that will just animate and play the audio and stuff but the problem there is um you have to record it somehow like i wanted to get it on youtube that was my goal right 
So, <laughs> uh, I couldn't really think of a way to do it. Um, but then I noticed an option in Screenium, which is a screen capture program. It's like QuickTime where you can just capture the screen or whatever, make it make video out of it. Uh, there is a time-based recording option. So what I did was I just had it record uh, for like a minute longer than the podcast actually was to make sure it gets everything. Um, and that worked. But uh, the bad thing was that like the computer, for one, it's like it's playing the, the gen application, which is expensive. It's recording uh, the video and audio through Screenium, which is expensive. So like my computer is done like i I can't touch it during that time yeah yeah so i uh had to do it overnight and like that's tricky because i have to remember okay before i go to bed i need to basically hit play and hit record (laughs) you know um so that took two nights because of course the first one screwed up and then then i had my video and it was really crappy (laughs) (laughs) and it took three days to get i mean it it wasn't like i was working on this the whole time it was just like when i say three days i mean like but this is also like the first time like you know a lot of times it's just you know like it takes you a long time to work through a problem the first time but then once you know how to do it totally and i've been thinking about that like when you look at the you know the the light at the end of the tunnel i was kind of seeing that like once this project is done there's a lot of potential there because we're gonna keep doing lost casts every week and if i could make some kind of a thing like you know it's this little it's a stupid little puppet show that just takes audio files and displays them uh i don't know that that could be pretty cool like it's more interesting than what i've been putting up on youtube which is just a single image you know it's like here's lost cast but it's it's exponentially more effort even when the process is streamlined (laughs) that's the problem so i like to play devil's advocates with with this idea and i think it's actually very cool just to you know be upfront about it yeah 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 but I no, have a really hard time, like, understanding the, like, end user use case. <laughs> you know? Yes. Because, okay, <laughs> after all this effort, here's, here's the use case for the end user. Well, I guess I'm going to go to YouTube. Let's see. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> okay, it's a really terrible drawing of some jerk on the left and some jerk on the right. <laughs> And after about three seconds, you've seen all that it has to offer. Right, yeah. Like, there's Basically, obviously the a lot of audio the heads just move in, in sync with the, the audio. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a really poor use case. Like, who, <laughs> who's going to sit there and actually watch all of that? And, of course, I'm probably putting my foot in my mouth because someone probably will. It is the internet, after all. But that that is a good point, is that the end result is not uh, miraculous. <laughs> or it's kind of one of these things where it's like, it's not really clear how much work would take it take to make it something that someone would want to sit there and watch all the way to the end. Yeah, I was thinking about um, that. And basically, I think it would come down to like, there'd need to be a hidden secret at least, if not a bunch of hidden secrets, like just things that randomly happen. I was right. considering like, if it would be possible to introduce into the audio some type of encoded like signal <laughs> that's so ridiculous so like when recording the podcast i could like make a marker and be like okay here i want to add some like a hidden audio message it, it's like uh, imperceptible to a human but the code because it has access to the raw audio data it can recognize the audio data and like display some images or something right yeah <sighs> well i was thinking uh, that's kind of where my head started to go when we were talking about this was like uh you could like basically create like a timeline of like like a json file essentially that has like little yeah. time markers in it and yeah. it could line up with the show notes or whatever and so like when we're talking about x there's a marker at some time point that like you know puts a little image of whatever or a link to whatever right. you know in, in the stage area yeah so that could totally be doable. Basically, what that would take at that point is... Um, oh, I, I should make a note that the reason we wouldn't just want to put this application online... Because we could. It could just be like, you know, go to losttechagames.com slash stupid glosscast cartoon. And there could be the gin application there. And it's got the three or more giant MP3 audio files that it loads and reads and messes with the data of, right? right. But we don't want to do that for two reasons. One that's a lot of bandwidth like lost cast is already basically a loss as it were of bandwidth it's a loss cast you like that it's a lost cast do you like that one 
I do. <laughs> but no, it's like it's it's the reason that we always exceed our Amazon billing uh, limits is because a lot of people lost download Lostcast, and it's great. But we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to triple that or more, you know. And that's essentially what just putting the application as it exists now online would do. Uh, and the second part is that the whole point is we want to capitalize on stuff like YouTube. Um, we're like, I, I don't know about you, the listener, you, Mr. Listener, Mrs. Listener. I, I prefer, I, I love YouTube. I, I, I prefer most of my entertainment to come from YouTube these days. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we want to have more of a presence there. Um, so we had, we had, we were talking about though, like you could say, play the video and using node, you could read the audio data, you know, you read that in the, in the browser or whatever, but then using node, you kind of write um, just the metadata. So you wouldn't have this massive amount of audio data. You just have like, okay, Matt started talking at 1.2 seconds and he shut up at 1.8 seconds. And Jeff, right. you know, it would basically just be like an array of, of uh, millisecond timestamps probably. And that could totally be doable. But I don't, like, that would enable I'd- us to put then, to put that application online and it could just load this single MP3, just the podcast file, so at that point, that would actually be pretty good. We could put that online. It could, but I think it would have to have some kind of like benefit. You know, it would either have to have enough traffic. So like the the animation would have to be interesting enough where people would land on it and want to stay there. And then two, we'd like probably put ads or something. You know. Yeah, it would it would need to be monetized if it was getting substantial traffic because otherwise it would just be burning through our money. Like <laughs> It wouldn't be bring. It needs to pay it for itself at least somehow, right? Right. But this um, is like a perfect example of like <laughs> making related things that aren't games. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like it's necessary. Like, uh, if you just make games and you don't do anything else, like you don't, you don't tweet. You're not on Facebook. You're just in this hole. Uh, you know, no animated gifts. You're not on YouTube. Nothing. Like I, I don't know how you'd find gamers. I really have no idea. I, I don't think, even know uh, how you do it now. <laughs> even though we have seemed, this big net that we throw out, it's it's still really hard to to find gamers. No, it, it totally is. It seems like it'd be more cost efficient for us though, just to do like regular style YouTube videos where you're like, here's how you beat you know this boss in a wizard's lizard or whatever. Yeah, and I agree. Um, <clears throat> sometimes like the you know trying to figure out how to develop something, you can just you just kind of go down that that rabbit hole to see what's there and like oh, i yeah. haven't <laughs> i haven't seen anything fruitful here um I, it's hard <laughs> it's one of these things where it's like on the surface it it looks really cool and you're like oh this is fun like this is a really cool thing but then you think yeah. like okay 20 steps ahead this requires like this is not a scalable endeavor like that's the, the root problem with this yeah, particular exactly. project i feel like it could be but i i don't even know how to get there um right. so let me let me finish the walkthrough of, of how i had to actually get this thing on youtube real quick so um, I got to where I basically hit record and play and just let the video sit overnight. And after two nights, uh, that worked. And the video I had uh, would not import into iMovie. So um, I don't know how many Mac listeners we have, Mac users. But uh, if you know the answer to this, please do email us, hello at lostdecadegames.com. I'm really at a loss. Uh, actually, any, if you have any ideas for this tweencast stuff, just email us. We'd, we'd, we'd love to hear what kind of crazy hacky ideas you've got for getting this thing to work but um <laughs> so i don't know when this happened but it was it was mavericks i guess the osx 10 point whatever like they did something where they changed uh how quicktime and dot mov files are read they wanted to update some codec and for a period of time about a month ago i guess i would open a file in quicktime and if I had recorded it with Screenium or whatever file just wasn't making a movie file that Apple liked, it would say converting. So like QuickTime wouldn't open the wouldn't really open the file. It would just say converting, right? Mm. And uh, with the kind of files that I open on a regular basis, like hour long podcast files, that's going to take a while. <laughs> and it was very you know it's true for this. I guess the last cartoon I made was an hour and twelve minutes. Um, so at some point. OSX stopped doing that. Um, I mean, the converting process took a while, but it was good because once the file was converted, I could then import it into iMovie and actually use it. Uh, as it is, <clears throat> Screenium records the movie, and then iMovie just sees it as just this black audio thing. 
There's huh. no video, basically. And I don't know what to do about it. Uh, what I ended up doing was I went into QuickTime 7, and they have like a export feature or something, and I exported just as a different format. And it, <laughs> it was so bad. It like scrunched it and made it look way smaller and worse. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Why just, can't you it, just take it straight from Screenium to YouTube? Uh, well, the problem is the when I recorded it overnight, I, it's not an exact measurement. Like that would be pretty raw. I might be able to do that actually, but it would need to be a really good recording. And the problem is like if there's even, let's say there's like an extra 30 seconds at the end of the recording, it feels really crappy. Mm. Like I just wanted to kind of polish up the beginning and the end in, in right, the right. movie. Um, it would be really hard to record that raw really well, but that is a thought because these next three steps, as you'll see, are ridiculous. It really felt like squeezing, like a squeezing a lemon for juice. And like every, every time I'd squeeze it, it just got worse and like more destroyed and less juice in it. And by the time this movie was done, it was like this. <laughs> <bleh>. <laughs> um, oh, I should note that uh, when I wanted to, uh, ex- or sorry, yeah, convert from QuickTime 7, that ended up being an overnight, an overnighter again. Because Jesus. like I tried doing it once and I'm using my computer and I'm like, I'm getting like five frames per second in Wizard's Lizard. And I'm like, what the hell? It's it's the converter. <laughs> and it took like three hours. I was like, it's not it's not usable. So I was like, ah, I'm going to do that again overnight. Um, then I put it into iMovie and I, you know, trimmed the beginning a little bit. And I, uh, oh, the the outro music. I like to play a Joshua Moore song at the end of every Lost Cast. That just didn't play for some reason. So in iMovie, I had to actually shove that in there. Hmm. Um, and then I wanted to export from iMovie and that was another overnighter <laughs> computer was completely unusable and then upload it to YouTube is another overnighter and uh, that one's particularly nasty because my internet is just dead for like four hours while it's uploading it's it's ridiculous <clears throat> so it's like overall let's see it took like one two three four f- five five nights and probably like a half day of actually doing stuff other than just like hitting a button and letting it sit overnight so not worth it (laughs) that's the the problem with like audio and video sometimes especially long or large files it's like whenever you want to do anything with them it's got to think about it for a while yeah um my wife was like I i was telling her this about this stupid project i'm working on she's like why don't you just use my computer to do the video stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's a thought. I'd... I mean, honestly, I wouldn't just use her computer like I needed for her to offer it to me, but I was like, that's that that could take it down to like a one-day thing at, at right. least. <laughs> or because then, right. you could use your computer in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. Um, that very last step, the upload to YouTube would, be, would still be an overnighter, but at least I could still like be productive on my computer while the computer, uh, the other computer was just, you know, doing its thing, processing, and taking five hours to convert file formats or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I The surprising thing to me at the end of all this is that I still kind of want to work on it. <laughs> I'm really annoyed with myself. I'm like, I should be completely burnt out on this by now, but I'm still like, I just, I feel like there's something else I could do. <laughs> You're only allowed to work on it if you have a clear vision for how it's going to be engaging and scalable engaging and scalable if you can come up with those two things then you're allowed to work on it you have to submit a written proposal to the ceo crap it'd be like a like a a slideshow i have to give you yeah i'll tell you what i'll do is i'll I'll make a i'll make a tween cast for you (laughs) i'm like all right jeff here's here's me this really crappy drawing and i'm like like, here are the business cases for a tween cast (laughs) one barely barely legible (laughs) one (laughs) hilarity two crappiness (laughs) three time suck (laughs) it's a time vampire (laughs) it's a time vampire Uh, yes so i don't know if you're gonna see more tween casts but i'll put a link in the show notes um you should go watch about five seconds of it and have a little giggle and then move on with your life (laughs) i think that it's a fun experiment, but you know, we really have to frame things in terms of like, if you're doing it for YouTube, then you need, the ultimate goal is to get people to stay on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yep. And like, if you're not working towards that specific goal, it's like you're wasting your time. 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, all this stuff comes from just a desire to want to do more and to generate more from what we do, basically. Oh, it's a fun idea, and it's definitely something that's like, you know, you have to scratch that itch. Yeah. There's some potential there. I just, uh, this is not it, and I, <laughs> I haven't figured out what it is, so we'll see. But, you know, it could bake for a while, and right. then uh, maybe, like, we'll have some kind of stroke of brilliance. Probably not. And, <laughs> and then it'll be the most amazing thing ever. Could be. It is. And then we'll transition from being game developers to YouTube comic creators. It is technically possible. There's our new motto. Lost cast. Or, <laughs> sure, lost cast. It's technically possible. <laughs> um, I kind of like, we, we had talked about some point talking about like the things we had done like last week and then the things we're going to do this week. Yeah, you were you were really super busy on Jen recently. I yeah, I've just had this like crazy spurt of coding, I guess. I've seen um, many changes. Many changes, yeah. Although a lot of them are like things that don't matter. So while you were like <laughs> wasting time on this tweencast, I was wasting time on like refactoring code that you know, the only benefit is like my own edification. There it is. Jin, things that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> although i like to pretend that they matter although some of them some of them do um sometimes kind of like appeasing yourself yes well i've been want i, I want to push gin forward like we've been talking about right like i want to push our tools forward and gin's kind of gotten to the point gin 2 let's call it has had got to the point where like we've been working on it for a couple years and there's just a lot of craft and there's a lot of stuff that was like Oh, we added this for one particular game. Like Lunchbug actually had a lot of this stuff where it was like uh, we had some very different approaches to the way that we structured kind of the view level stuff in the game because Lunchbug supported like all kinds of orientations and resolutions. That was which crazy. I think speaks to like uh, spending time on the wrong things, right? Like lunch bug we didn't spend enough time on the game itself but instead spent a lot of time like making this crazy framework where it would work in portrait and landscape and it would resize automatically and it would have high def and low def and like you know we really bought into that whole like oh it's html5 like it'll work on every single device under the sun and like that's a good goal to have uh and not that that's a terrible goal to have but it's certainly not like the driving force it's not like hey, we're going to take this mediocre game and put it everywhere and then win. I feel like if that's your goal, then like you could make a whole product out of just that, you know? And right. we were trying to make games. It was just working on the wrong stuff, basically. But anyways, a lot of that leftover code had like, been like hanging around in Jin for a while. And so I wanted to push it forward. And we talked about before how I, I was like, oh, we're going to use Pixie because, you know, Pixie's great and it kind of removes some surface area for us to work on and uh, a lot of those things are still true. But what ended up happening was that I was just spending a lot of time making these branches of gin that were completely API breaking. Right. Which is bad for a couple of reasons. One is that it completely throws out all the other infrastructure that we've that we've built. So it's kind of like throwing yeah. the baby out with the bathwater, right? Kinda it's like yeah. we had this craft, I wanted to get rid of it. But in doing so, I also lost all this other great stuff that we would have to recreate in whatever new structure. Yeah. Um, and then also, like I, I mentioned one, another podcast, like after reading through Pixie's canvas render, I realized that it's really not that different than our own. And really there's just a couple kind of optimization techniques they use that we could be doing as well. There would be quite a loss of infrastructure and, and habit and knowledge and stuff. Um, if we actually did move forward with, you know, gutting the renderer and gin and using Pixie instead. Right. Like it, it seems on the surface or from the outside, like, yeah, like it could be pretty simple. Like you could maybe make that work, but, uh, and like the actual implementation of it, like you got Pixie working with gin pretty quickly, but there was oh, a yeah. lot of stuff left over, like just things that aren't going to exist anymore. Like I just didn't know how to use it. Like that's a pretty major thing to consider, you know? Right. Well, that's kind of like where we got to the brick wall, right? Where it's like, right. 
it's kind of like our um our analogy about climbing mountains right like we climbed the foothill and then <laughs> right. we, we crested the foothill and we were like oh crap there's like mount kilimanjaro back here it's like from a distance mountains <laughs> sometimes look pretty small yeah <laughs> and you get closer but anyways uh so then i was like okay well that's you know clearly not the way to go so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna refactor all the views uh, to use like some new optimization and break the API in all kinds of crazy ways because, you know, I want to do things differently and I'm going to get rid of all this cruft. Uh, and I did that and then I realized I had the exact same problem, of course. <laughs> which was that like, you know, I'd made all these API breaking changes and like the game that we're wanting to work on right now, Wizards Lizard, you know, would have to go undergo major refactoring in order to make it work. Uh, with this new, like, you know, Gen 3 paradigm of API breakage. And that would throw out all the stability we've been working on for the last year. Right. And so then I took a step back and I was like, really, I'm just trying to do too much. Right? Always. Like, I'm trying to fix a bunch of bugs. I'm trying to change a bunch of APIs. And I'm trying to add new functionality, like, in one fell swoop. And, like, that's just stupid. That's hard for anybody to do. Right. But it kind of comes from that mentality of, like, this sucks, we have to start over. Right. Right? And whether that's, like, this sucks, like, let's start over using Pixie, or, like, this sucks, let's start over with a different API, or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Like, it's... When you have a substantial project that you want to kind of keep going, you shouldn't rewrite it from scratch. I think there's a really good article by Joel Spolsky... Uh, about that concept about how pretty much if, if you find yourself saying like we should start over from scratch like that's wrong <laughs> it's wrong mm. wrong and wrong uh because it does it throws out all of the work essentially that you've done and like a lot of times what you consider cruft is oftentimes like edge cases or you know just things that achieve the functionality you want but aren't necessarily the prettiest Right. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You know that article I'm talking about? No, but you're going to tell me later. Ah, damn it. (laughs) But anyways, uh, so anyways, uh, I decided to take a different approach. And so I just started making as many granular little tickets as I could. So I went through the gin source code and I started reading it. And I, every time I saw something that I hated, I made a ticket for it. I did see a lot of new tickets created. Yep. And then, uh, then I just started working on the piecemeal, and I, I did two things. I had a wizard's lizard, and I had Jin. And so I took Jin two, and I put it in a branch, and I started working on uh, the master. Oh, that was the other reason that I did this uh, in masters because um, I felt like if I didn't do this in step with a wizard's lizard, that it was just never going to happen. It was going to be kind of relegated to this branch of, you know this is some cool new stuff that might make it into master eventually. It's true. A wizard Um, lizard is like our product moving forward. It need like if it's, if it's not going to work with that, it's, it's not going to be part of our process. Useless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I had wizard lizard and I had gin three, which is now the master branch of gin. And I just started fixing these little bugs. And every time I fixed a bug or changed an API, I would make sure AWL didn't break. And it, there's like there was some kind of holdover bugs from like you know I, I changed some conceptual stuff mm-hmm. like we had some zeroing issues but I mean by and large there weren't like any I, I don't really see game breaking bugs though those are just kind of visual flaws really like I wouldn't call those bugs like they're not show stopping they just kind of look bad but they're super easy to fix right um, yeah yeah and they're mostly just like I hadn't finished refactoring a wizard's lizard to be in sync with some of the new like view concepts that I was working on. Right. But anyways, that's been going great. Um, I've been cutting a lot of stuff. I've been refactoring a lot of stuff and the game engine is, is still, you know, it's probably, I've introduced a little bit of instability because I've changed so much code recently, but you know, it's backwards compatible. Nice. And it's moving forward. So like, that's great. And is doing so in like a very iterative way. <clears throat> Sounds like it's scratching your itch because that's really what it comes down. Like there's sometimes there's a core idea, like the itch, you itch, the itch you needed to scratch was you wanted to push our tools forward. They were stagnating to you. Right. Yeah. 
Well, it's kind of been this huge backlog of stuff I've wanted to do. Just, and I think it's a good thing, you know, like, it's kind of like spring cleaning. And it's spring. Hey, mm. look at that. Hey. <laughs> like, in order to keep gin as a framework that we're both happy using and is beneficial to us and isn't overloaded with a bunch of crap, every once in a while we have to go back and just really take stock of what's there, cut what doesn't make sense, refactor things that should be there but don't work exactly like they should, add some new features to kind of keep pushing it forward. Ruthless. Uh, huh? Be ruthless. Yes, be ruthless. So moving forward, we've got Gen 3 working with a wizard's lizard, and then every other game we've ever made is going to be Gen 2. Right. So there's going to be an extra step, like our default... Uh, context will be i'm working on a wizard's lizard and the master branch of, of gin and then if we ever like I and mean, this is gonna happen uh, actually th- every week for quite a while at least we're gonna have to switch branches go like go to a different project and uh yeah I and mean, not that that's a bad thing i'm just explaining like right. how it's gonna work for us like there's gonna be an old deprecated version of gin and we don't want to do anything to it really it's like very stable it's got like two years of stability on it we don't really like we're, we're not going to do anything to it anymore like just changing stuff because we want to or adding functionality or anything it's just gonna sit but that's important because one of the major roadblocks for us for moving forward with gin was that we had this like large swath of games that we're just we, we couldn't really afford to break compatibility with right like right if we ever want to sell a license for an older game or if we want to work on you know, other games that were built on Gen 2 in any way, shape, or form, then, you know, they would have to be either be updated uh, to Gen 3 or we have to kind of, you know, maintain this stable branch. Right, yeah. But in the end, that's that's the best way. And so we decided that AWL is, like, it's our primary project, and so that's the one that gets updated and the engine moves forward. Um, and I also spent some time, like I was saying, working on those shape stuff, um, I was really interested in doing like procedurally generated graphics. Fun. I wanted to make like a, a space game using only like, you know, polygons and stars. Arbitrary shapes and stuff. Arbitrary shapes, yeah. Well, Jeff, you've given away your idea, so now there will be a hundred versions of that out in the world. That's right. You <laughs> fool. It's gonna be a flappy spacecraft. Yikes. Flappy ship. No more flappy. <laughs> yes. Anyways, I think I've rambled about the code I'm working on long enough. But uh, what am I doing this week? Oh, I'm going to work on uh, Steam integration for Wizards Lizard. Today? I think so, yes. Nice. That is yes. uh, kind of money on the table for us that we are not grabbing. Yeah, I mean, the not, sooner we can get on been, Steam, the better. Yeah, not that we've been capable yet but well, there's been a lot going on and yeah, stuff but we've got a lot of distractions and stuff i but, think uh it's kind of a nice segue from from gin work to this because i want to integrate this stuff into gin at a lower level you know right. so that any future games we make will not have to go through this step again yeah exactly <laughs> So I think that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I also checked iTunes recently, and we have only 13 ratings. However, it's five stars, so that's much appreciated. But if you think of it, uh, go rate us on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes. Um, And if you get a chance, also check out the forum comics I was mentioning earlier. Uh, So forum user Mew has done like over a dozen hand-drawn comics uh, of Raga and various other things from a wizard's lizard and they're really cool. So go check them out. Yeah, they're really fun. Anyway, that's all I got. So uh, we'll see you in a week. Ship it.
Give me what I need. 